Hi, I'm Amber, and welcome to the Lone Star Keto Podcast. Today, I have a special guest with us, Jenny Griffith. She is a nutrition coach specializing in gut health. That's right. We're going to be talking about gut health, and she's also a personal trainer and absolutely gorgeous. So welcome, (laughs) Jenny. Thanks, guys. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I'm excited. Absolutely. Okay, let's start out with your background. Like, what have you been through to take you to this point in your life? Why are you so passionate about what you do? I love that. I love that. You know, that when people are passionate, it's usually because they've gone through their own struggle. Cause it's like, honestly, when we're the most curious to get answers is because we're usually trying to answer our own questions that have been unanswered, you know, to buy. And honestly, uh, like, yeah, I know hundred percent. That's the reason I'm so passionate about it because so I'll go into my background a little bit. Um, so when I was 14, I think about 14 years old, I started to experience gut issues. Okay. And I was like in junior high. And when you're at that age, you want to be able to trust physicians. <laughs> like you, you, you don't know what's wrong with you. You just know you're having a lot of issues and you go to physicians and you're hoping that they have the answers. And I honestly learned really quickly that in my opinion, the Western, like Western medicine in the community really failed me like hardcore with this because I got sent to many different doctors. I waited like six months to get into a GI specialist in particular, it's a gastrointestinal specialist. Um, and all they did, and it's funny, I'll get more into gut issues, but knowing what I know now, I definitely had leaky gut, um, triggered by some stress responses and emotional stuff. I definitely had some SIBO and candida going on. It was very clear. All my symptoms were hundred percent that, but no one ever picked up on it, which is like insane to me. Cause it's like by the book, exactly what I had. Um, but what they did is they at first diagnosed with me. Oh, you must have ulcers. We'll give you this. You must have acid reflex. Let's do an endoscopy. We'll put you on a PPI, which I didn't if you, for those that don't know, a PPI is a protein pump inhibitor. It actually lowers stomach acid and it usually makes acid reflux worse. And it causes a lot of other issues. Um, luckily I didn't get on the PPI cause I just didn't, I don't know why we didn't do it. Me and my mom, but I did go to the gastrointestinal specialist and she put me on a round of antibiotics. Um, for anyone that really understands the microbiome antibiotics are like literally lighting a fire to a forest fire and it never fully recovers like ever. Like if you really understand what antibiotics are doing, the actual name means killing life, antibiotic against life, killing life. Like, it's just like insane that we're giving these out like candy all the time. I'm not saying they don't have their place in the Western medicine, but we prescribe them way too often in my opinion, like, and not even my opinion in a lot of medical community that are interested in gut health opinion, all the microbiologists, all the people that really understand gut health. They're like, we didn't know what we were doing when we were opening a can of worms with antibiotics. Right. Um, so what they did is they put me on one round of antibiotics. I didn't get better clearly. Cause that was not the issue. They gave me a second round of antibiotics, which just so you know, one dose of antibiotics kills a third of your gut bacteria. So if you put someone on back to back doses, you are like not even giving their bacteria a chance to rebuild. You're literally just demolishing, demolishing again. And then literally after my second round, not feeling better, they put me on a third dose of antibiotics right in a row which honestly, now that I know what I know, I'm like, I don't even know how these people like graduated medical school. Like that's insane that you would do that to a 14 year old, put her on three doses of back-to-back antibiotics. So long story short, that destroyed my biker biome. I got so sick afterwards. I was sick for like probably three to four years after that, which is super sad, right? Super avoidable. You can fix leaky gut in like 90 days. Like if you had the right protocol, if you had the right education around it. So Needless to say, I was extremely frustrated, like beyond like, and also you got to realize at that time you're in junior high. I actually dropped out of school for two years. I was so sick. Every time I ate, I could not digest food. Um, I literally had, so just so you guys know with, 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 um, gut issues, a lot of times comes mental health issues. Cause you have the gut brain axis is constantly communicating with each other. It's your vagal nerve. It's literally a bilateral system, meaning they are, they are both in communication with each other all the time. And just so you guys know, for every one signal that your brain sends to your gut, your gut sends nine signals up to your brain. So it's honestly like I hear a lot of people that are in this community say, oh, it's like your second brain. I would almost consider it your first brain. How many like Mm -hmm. the more I learn about it, the more I learn about the enteric nervous system, the neurotransmitters that are made there. You have to understand that when you have gut issues, you're going to have mental health issues. And Mm -hmm. just like that, I developed depression, anxiety. They wanted to put me on depression uh, medication at 16. And I'm just like, I like, even at 16, I don't obviously know what I know now, but I'm like, this doesn't seem like, right. Like something seems really off about this, you know, like they're not asking me a lot of questions. They're just giving me like drugs. Like, 
And honestly, that's in my opinion, now that I've coached a lot of people over the years, that happens to a lot of people. Like I'm not the only one. There's many people that get put on heavy antibiotics for six months and then there demolishes their health and they start having way bad hormonal issues, depression, anxiety, mental health, bipolar. I mean, you're, you're, you're like messing with a very intricate system that's already set up to help you and you're working against it kind of, you know? So anyway, so I was sick, like I said, for probably about four years. I personally started to not trust these doctors at 16. Cause I'm like, they are just like messing me up, you know, like they're making me so sick. And I, like I said, I dropped out of school. I finally got back in school, like in high school, like uh, sophomore year. So like my eighth and ninth grade year, I was pretty much out, um, had to homeschool, had to catch up and stuff like that. Um, and the most frustrating part about all this is like, they don't have the right test set in place. So people would literally ask me, are you sure you're not making it up? Like, are you sure you're not just like in your head? And I'm like, you think I want to be like super sick, like bent over after I eat, not being able to eat. Like, you think I want to be like that? Like, it's just insane to me now that I know it's like, because they didn't find what they were looking for in the test, which was literally just an endoscopy that you're not going to see SIBO, candida or leaky gut or a colonoscopy. You're not going to see it there either. And these are the standard tests. They also, I think they did like an MRI on me. I'm like, what are you looking for in this MRI? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, are you just looking for cancer? Like, I don't know. Anyway. So needless to say, I definitely knew something was wrong in the system as related to gut health. And I kind of made it a mission to figure it out myself. Cause I'm like, okay, well, these people are not helping me. They're just giving me drugs and they're making me sicker. So I just started listening to podcasts and while I'm reading books and like diving into nutrition. And it's funny cause I, in high school, I still didn't quite understand all about gut health, but I did know, I started to learn about nutrition. So like growing up, my parents really didn't know anything about nutrition. We ate your standard American diet. We ate lots of like mac and cheese and cereal and like, carbs, 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 refined carbs, sugar, like all that bullshit. And I started to at least learn about nutrition and I was able to get myself well enough to like go through high school without many symptoms. I had some, but, um, I just started learning about protein and vegetables and eating more of that stuff and like learning about blood sugar and stuff. And then really after high school, that kind of drove me into becoming a personal trainer because I was able to at least get myself to a better health place. I would still say that my gut health wasn't a hundred percent, like now that I look back, but, um, definitely better, better, like able to manage symptoms, able to like exist in the world and like go out to eat and shit. Um, so then, uh, honestly, it kind of took me on a journey. Like I said, I became, I took the NASM certification, became a personal trainer, started training people kind of like in college, um, and kind of doing other things. And, it wasn't until, I'm trying to think a little, I, I can't remember later, but later in my twenties, I definitely got full-time into like the health community. I actually started a convention here called FitCon, if people have heard of it, but it's a big convention. Now it's actually in two States, um, but I helped start that. And I got really into the fitness community. I competed in um, bodybuilding. So I did a bodybuilding show, um, like a NPC category for people that know I did the bikini category. And that, to be honest, taught me a whole nother slew of also other issues <laughs> because like, I, you know, if anyone knows, I'm not against bodybuilding. Actually, I might compete again uh, in the next year. But one thing you have to understand is that even in bodybuilding, there's a lot of hormone dysregulation with women afterwards because they do it wrong and you get lean too quick. You put them on too low of calories. You put them on too much cardio. Um, you're not watching. You're not like monitoring their symptoms, their hormones, stuff like that. So what happened is after my bodybuilding show that I did, I think when I was like 20, I'm trying to think like 23 or something, I actually rebounded really bad, gained a lot of weight, super inflamed mm. and also got sick again. Um, so, and again, that was kind of a learning process for me. Cause that was like my choice. I found a coach that wasn't a very good coach in my opinion, that didn't care about my health and they just cared about winning a trophy. Right. So I did get very lean. I got low body fat percentage. You can see all my muscles, but I was like, not feeling good at all. <laughs> like I was like, I remember telling them like, I'm getting sick all the time. I'm not sleeping well. Like I don't feel good. And they're like, keep pushing. Do you want the trophy? Just keep pushing through it. You know? And I'm like, again, it was like, something started to ring wrong. Like this doesn't seem right. You know? But again, you just kind of trust people sometimes until you know better. Um, so then, like I said, that kind of sent me into finding ketogenic diet, to be honest, after I competed, my hormones were a mess. I got like blood work. I knew they were off. I was, I gained a lot of weight afterwards. I kind of like blew up and that made me super insecure and like body dysmorphia and all that. So I definitely knew like something had to change. I was like, this is not the lifestyle I want. Like I got to figure this out, you know? So luckily um, we had actually brought someone to FitCon. Uh, if you guys know Dr. Jacob Wilson, he's a muscle PhD online, but we brought him to FitCon and Brian Lowerly. 
and they talked about keto for the first time ever. And, mm -hmm. and it was funny because this was back in like, I'm trying to think 2015 or something. I guess it was a while ago, mm -hmm. maybe even anyway, probably around 2015, I think was the year that they came. And I remember hearing about it and it just started to make sense to me. Like I saw the science. I was like, okay, I can't deny that science. And it was funny because the community didn't really accept it at that point. I know people that are into keto now thinks like keto is great and it is, but back then it was so unheard of that it was mm -hmm. just like, you know, like people were like, why would you eliminate carbs? That's not healthy. You know, like <laughs> your body can't run without carbs. Your brain needs carbs, you know, and all this stuff. And I'm just like, mm, but look at the science, like look at the mechanisms, look at the metabolism. Like it made sense to me. You know what I mean? It made sense. And so mm -hmm. I started to. I started to look into it. I started to kind of get into that community with Jacob and Ryan that started and Dominic D'Agostino and, and the kind of the, the starters of keto, Jeff Bullock, you know, if you guys are, if you guys have been in keto a long time, you probably know these people. Um, but it just made a lot of sense to me. And I think keto is a very, very good tool to actually get um, some, to break some food patterns that are unhealthy for one. Um, to manage blood sugar for two, it's like, you have to learn how to manage blood sugar to manage cravings. Cause I definitely was having like restrictive and then binge type stuff going on. Um, and it's funny. Cause once I got on keto, like that just went away. I was like, okay, I'm not like really wanting to binge on food anymore. That's weird. Um, because you start to regulate some of these hormones, you know, you start to regulate, I started mm -hmm. to sleep better again. I started to like manage my stress better. And it just kind of went on this journey where now I've just gone I'm, I'm still, I'm still ketogenic. I would consider myself maybe like strict ketogenic most of the time and low carb. Some of the time I kind of mm -hmm. do like cyclical keto now where I actually add some carbs in around my menstrual cycle, like at a certain mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's been beneficial. So when I did compete, I lost my period. So it's called amnorrhea mm -hmm. where you just lose your period mm -hmm. for a year. I did not have a period Whoa. at all. So that, that usually causes from going too low body fat too quickly and your body freaks out. And it's like, you can't have babies. Like you're not even supporting yourself. Like how could you be fertile? You know? So you're, you stop having your period that happens with some female athletes too, if they're not watching their uh, nutrition and their supplementation and their sleep and stuff. So I also had to learn that was kind of the battle as I was like, okay, I, I don't, I don't necessarily not mind having a period, but I don't think it's like a good idea. You know, I think that like probably something's not right if I'm not ever having a period, you know? Um, which women, if you're not, yeah, that's not normal. Like you shouldn't have amnorrhea. I even have friends that compete now at a healthy way and they never lose their period. So just know that that's, even if your coaches tell you that, if you're trying to like compete or something like that's not normal and it's not healthy. So, um, so it's funny, you kind of learn things along the way, but like trial and error, like doing the wrong things and feeling mm -hmm. how shitty that feels. And mm -hmm. then figuring out, oh, I want to feel better. Like, I don't think that life should be like this, you know? Um, so I would encourage people like, you know, pain is a good teacher. Like pain is a teacher that when I hear people say like, oh, it's just so much to change my lifestyle. I'm like, well, then you're not in a pa enough pain yet. Cause when you're in enough pain, you will change. Like you don't, mm -hmm. I didn't want to be there anymore. You know, like I didn't feel good yep. and I knew I could feel better. So it's like, sometimes you just have to get real with yourself and say like, do I want to live this life? Really? Like, I don't have energy. I don't feel good. Like, and I could, I know I could, you know what I mean? And I, if I could just encourage anyone, like once you actually get keto adapted and start fixing your gut and start fixing some of these issues, like you have like the insane amount of energy. Like I have mm -hmm. unlimited energy now. I never have to like take a nap or like even just like, I just go all day and I feel so good. And then I just fall asleep at night and I sleep good. It's like, that's possible. Like if you don't think that's possible, it's possible. I'm just telling you mm -hmm. guys, like, it's just crazy to me that we've kind of normalized that it is okay to feel shitty all the time. Cause it's not like, in my opinion, it's like, right. It's like, why, why do we yeah. think that's okay to just have like brain fog all day and have fatigue and like, have like low energy and not be able to lose fat. Like it just doesn't make sense and have high inflammation. Like Pop so anyways, um, hmm. I know. Yeah. And cut people open and give them drugs. It's just like, isn't there a better way? Like yeah. our body doesn't seem like it should be that like disprogrammed. Like, I don't think that, I don't care what anyone's <laughs> religious beliefs are I don't think that we'd be made by a creator or even like you know evolution that we would be dysfunctional like so dysfunctional it's like amen <laughs> you know it's like come on there's and that's what's funny is when you study keto and you probably know this it's like when you study how our ancestors ate like mm -hmm. they ate like this like they had times of carnivore then that's mm -hmm. the only thing was available they had mm -hmm. times where they eat seasonally they had times where they fasted they had times where they definitely got into keto because guess what if we didn't get into keto we probably wouldn't have survived as a species like we didn't have access to food six times a day, every day. You know what I mean? Like, like, literally yeah, I do. It, you know, it's like, anyway, so when I like think about these things and I'm like, the people that really encourage that thinking is like general mills and like Nestle, like the big companies mm -hmm. that benefit 
off of you eating consistently and having a big blood sugar versus a followed by a dip where then you want to eat again. Mm. And this roller coaster that you're always mm-hmm. on, guess what? They make money off of that. You know, they oh, make yeah. a lot of money off of that. So if you can fast for a whole day and you're fine, they don't make any money off of that. You know, it's like, it comes kind of clear when you follow the money. You're like, I see why the system is. The, what, no. Is that the it's most like, frustrating thing ever? And, oh, and yeah, that's what yeah. so many people just will not accept. They, they, they don't want to believe it. They just think we are so wrong and that we're conspiracy theorists and all this kind of I stuff. Know. And it's like, honey, it's in your face. Follow the money. <laughs> it's not that hard. It really isn't. I know you don't want to believe know. that. And I know you don't want to change. I know you want to believe that because yeah, yeah who wouldn't want to want to eat six times a day and eat all that hyper palatable food of course right. you know yeah. you don't yeah. want to not do that especially when you become addicted and you know right. it's like you know you don't your brain says whoa I keep wanting it so yeah right. it's, it's, it's yeah. very frustrating I want to ask it you is. something really quick before we get into gut health um, yeah. you kind of hit on this where you were talking about bodybuilding bikini competitions and stuff like that now a lot of my clients it, not so much the ones I have now, but in the past, it was all about losing weight. It was all about external. And I was like that too, for 40 years of my life. So I get it. I totally understand that, but we focus on the outside, right? But we also idolize these people that we see on magazine covers that have this lift body and they've got tone muscles. Oh, they look good. And you're like, that person is healthy. Not always. <laughs> Not necessarily, right? No, right can, right. can you just talk just a little bit yeah. about that? You, you kind of did, but I think it's very wrong to judge somebody's health totally on their appearance. Now, if they have sunken yes. in che- cheeks and they're missing hair and, you know, brittle nails, okay, let's sure. But just because somebody looks the epitome of health doesn't necessarily. Yeah. No, you're spot on with that. So like, that's something that's really interesting just because like I said, I've been in the fitness industry for so long and doing something like FitCon, you know, you're going to obviously attract a lot of that community and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, okay, so a couple things on that. Yeah, definitely. Like when you're focusing on just the external, I feel like you're almost like not going to get anywhere to be honest, because <laughs> yes, <laughs> it, it's just true. When you start to focus on your actual health and yes. how you feel and like the inside, then it's like, that's where the magic starts to happen. You will, your outside will mm-hmm. start to match that. Right. Yes. Um, yes if yes. you're just focusing on weight loss and you're just focusing on calories and cutting and like, how do I do less calories? You got to understand that calories is like a part of the equation. It's like literally not even the whole equation. How's your gut health? How are you metabolizing food? That's actually highly important, you know? <laughs> um, so it's like when people are just focusing on the outside, not only are they going to create a lot of body shaming, you know, where they're, that's going to keep them usually in the food addiction. I've noticed with my clients and like binging and stuff behaviors, cause you're shaming yourself. It's like, get rid of that shit. Like mm-hmm. start being like, I love myself enough to feed myself really good food every day. That's going to nutrition and give me all the energy mm-hmm. I need. And like give the, the building blocks for amino acids to make, you know, new things. And like, when you start to think about nutrition that way of like, how can I help my body? Cause I love it versus like, how can I lose weight? Cause I hate it. It's mm-hmm. like totally different, you know, cause I can Huge. just tell you when people probably looked at me on stage, like I was really lean. You could see all my muscles, but I was not healthy. Like I did it the wrong way. Like I learned, you know what I mean? It's like, I just did low calories. I was eating still quality food. I was eating like chicken and broccoli and eggs and stuff, but it was like my calories, my over excessive cardio, my adrenal glands were like super stressed, like adrenal fatigue, all that stuff going on. So it's like, if you looked at me on stage, yeah, I was smiling but like, I didn't feel good. I didn't sleeping good. I didn't have like good relationships at the time. Like it just, it sabotages a lot. So you have to start thinking of if I love my body and I treat it well, and I focus on like how I feel a lot and like just really caring, almost like you'd care for a child. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like carrying yourself the same way. Like, did I a good breakfast? Did I get good sleep? Am I hydrating? Am I moving? Like all these things that start to really self-love then it's like the magic just happens. I've had so many clients lose over 45 pounds, like in this last year, I can't even tell you like, and their journey, they say the exact same thing. They're like, as soon as I just started focusing on like the steps of self-love and like caring for this body, they just drop weight, dude. Like they'll drop like 10 pounds in like a few weeks. Like, and that's not even like tracking calories. Like I don't even have them track calories. You know what I mean? It's like, I do. The whole system's <laughs> messed up. But again, I think even the diet industry is benefiting off of you thinking that it's about calories. Oh, yeah. Then they can come in like Weight Watchers can come in and Jenny Craig and all this other <sighs> bullshit. That's like, 
oh, let me just teach you about, you can eat this Oreo that's like a hundred calorie pack and for lunch. And you're like, wait, what? Like, there's gotta be a better way. So yeah, good question on that. But it's not about the external. The external will start to match when you do this. And the cool thing is I see it with every client. Like as soon as they focus on the internal, then it's like, oh my gosh, I dropped 40 pounds. I'm a size 32 now. Like I have abs, like all this shit happens, but like, you can't, you can't start there. So you can't start from the outside. You got inside out, you know? Amen. Okay. Let's get into gut health. Yes. Um, Talk a little bit of why is gut health so important? I mean, you know, it's just a gut and so many people don't even believe that there's such a thing as leaky gut or, you know, those kind of things. And also I'm getting a lot of attitude here lately about candida. Really? Whatever. Everybody says that. (laughs) SIBO. Everybody says they have that. It's not real. Uh, Whatever. So talk talk about that, that importance of that and, you know, take it away wherever you want to go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys. I love gut. I could probably do this for like five hours. So, um, so gut health is like, obviously, you know, I'm passionate about it. I had gut issues. Right. And I, if someone would have come to me back then at 14 and offered me this solution that helped me get rid of it in 90 days, I would have been like, oh my gosh, like save your soul. Like, you know what I mean? So that's why I'm doing it. Honestly, like I want to just genuinely save people from that four years of suffering that I had that was not even like necessary. Right. Um, so you got to understand gut health is literally everything. So everyone, when I say gut health, they just think of the stomach. I'm not talking about just your stomach, dude. It's your whole digestive tract. So you have to think that we're a giant tube from our mouth all the way to the bottom. And it's literally just a, a, a series of different tubes and sphincters that stop those sections. And like, it's so complex and amazing. Literally, if you learn about it, you're just like, what the, um, but it's entire. when I usually talk about gut health, I'm talking about your esophagus, your stomach, your small intestine, your gallbladder, your liver, and your large colon, which is your, um, you know, colon, large intestine colon. So it's like, it's the entire system. You don't, that's just, you need every part of it to be working functionally to have proper health. It's like, when I say gut, people are like, oh, your stomach. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like one of 10 parts. Like, I don't right. know why everyone just like <laughs> thinks of the stomach, you know, that's like, so I'll explain a little bit of just what the digestive tract is and then what each portion does. Okay. So like, perfect. You have your esophagus. We have, you have to realize you start digestion even before it's really crazy, but even before you put food in your mouth, if you start smelling food, if you start seeing food, if you start touching food, you actually start producing enzymes to digest that food. So you do produce amylase to digest carbohydrates. You produce lipase to digest fats. You produce proteins to digest protein. Right? So like we're, we're like already like you know, if you ever seen a dog that's like waiting for food, they start salivating, you know, like we don't necessarily like salivate like that, but we're like, that's happening in our mouth already. We're like, our saliva is coming with enzymes to be like, cool food's coming. So I actually encourage people to, to like, that's why it's good to cook is you're cooking your food. You're seeing it for a while. You're not just like going through a fast food restaurant, getting it and eating it. And then even eating with your hands. I know that sounds like people like, wait, what? That's so unsanitary. But I'm like, you can wash your hands before you eat, but like eat with your hands. Like (laughs) you're getting signals to your body about like you're interacting with your food. You're going to have better digestion. Okay. Um, Also the microbiome is a huge factor that I'll go into after I explain the digestive tract. So, um, so you have your esophagus, you go down to your esophagus, you have a a sphincter called the LES that's at the end of your esophagus before it goes to your stomach. So if people have had acid reflux, um, you have to understand the sphincter because if you don't have enough stomach acid, it won't close properly. And then you will have stomach pack come back up and you will get heartburn and you'll get acid reflux symptoms. So them are there, in my opinion, they're totally wrong about acid reflux. It's not too much stomach acid. It's actually usually not enough stomach acid. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have enough stomach acid, you have to realize stomach acid literally breaks down all of your food into smaller pieces that you can digest. So if you don't have stomach acid, like it creates so many problems down the road. I can't even, I can explain all these pathologies of different diseases, right? Um, also it kills the stomach acid is very acidic. So it actually kills a lot of the harmful bacteria and pathogens and viruses that we pick up. So if you don't have stomach acid, you're way more likely to have parasites, SIBO, intestinal back overgrowth, yeast overgrowth, uh, get viruses, like all that is going to go up because the stomach acid kills a lot of that stuff. Okay. Um, so then you have your stomach acid. It stays in your stomach for like 70 to 90 minutes, depending on the person, just like literally breaking it down. It's very acidic. So it's breaking down all the pieces. So you drink down protein to amino acids, you break down fat to triglycerides, you break down carbohydrates to glucose, like you're breaking down all these things right there, right? Then you're going to go from your stomach and it's going to go to your small intestine. Um, your small intestine is where a lot of the issues happen. I'm just going to tell you that right now. SIBO, 
uh, candida, leaky gut, all happen in the small intestine, okay? So a lot of people have dysfunctioning small intestines. You have to realize your small intestine is 23 feet to 26 feet in length. Like that's huge. It's like a football field, right? And you have all this like tiny, this like, it's like almost like a rope in there. That's just like, dit, 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 dit. and you have all this like packed right here, right? So your small intestine, like you can have things that go wrong and I'll go into that, but you have to understand that you have to have good, it's called intestinal motility. So how quickly things move through your intestines. So you have like a peristaltic action that's going like, it's like squishing kind of like this. So it can move food through. You know, it's not like you just have someone that comes in and like pushes the food through for you. It's like, it's moving. It's a moving thing. So it's moving through. So it's called a peristaltic action and it's going through your small intestine. Um, and it's called intestinal motility. If you ever hear doctors talk about that, mm-hmm. usually not regular doctors, cause they don't even understand it to be honest, but like, um, you know, functional medicine, doctors, naturopaths, gut health specialists, things, people that really understand it. It's like, if you're supposed to move food fairly quickly through there, to get into large intestine and exit, right? Like that is the natural process. Like go through the small intestine, go to the large colon, which is ascending transverse and then descending and then goes out. Um, when I work with clients, I will tell you this, a lot of people have dysfunctioning bowel movements. Like they're not having bowel movements every day. They're not having them multiple times a day. They're not easy. Like it's not normal to be constipated. Like, can I say this again? It's not Mm -hmm. normal to be Mm -hmm. constipated. It's not normal to have diarrhea either. So you got to think constipation is it's too slow, intestinal motility. Um, and then in diarrhea, it's too fast. So you see people in Crohn's disease have diarrhea all the time. It's too fast. They're not absorbing their nutrients. So you absorb 90% of your food through your small intestine, 90%. Everyone thinks you absorb it through your stomach. You don't like you not hardly any, like 90% of it is in your small intestine. So like I think the more I learn about the small intestine, I'm like, there must be a reason it's 23 feet, dude. Like that's like insanely <laughs> large. Like there must be a reason. Yeah. It's because it produces a lot of neurotransmitters. It, it, you know, digests, absorbs all your food. And so if you have a problem in your small intestine, you're going to have a problem with your health. Like there's no other way to say it. It's like, it's going to be, you're not absorbing nutrients. So what happens is when I'm not absorbing nutrients, no matter what I'm eating, I'm going to start having deficiencies, right? So I could be eating such a good diet, a clean diet. I could try vegan. I could try vegetarian. I could try keto. I could try all this shit. And it's like, I'm still not getting well because I'm not absorbing my nutrients, right? So it's like, if you're not absorbing them again, it's like, you know, people say you are what you eat. No, uh-huh. you are what you absorb. Yes. Like literally, yes. you know, like you don't, what you eat, it's what you absorb. So I see people when I start working with them, have these deficiencies. If they do get blood work, I don't, I encourage it. I don't demand it from my clients, but I do encourage blood work, you know, and they'll have vitamin D deficiencies, vitamin B12, you know, those are very common magnesium deficiencies, very common amino acid deficiencies. And it's a lot of times I'm like, okay, I could give you these supplements or we could also fix the gut health and you could absorb the food you're eating. And then you may not need certain supplements. You know what I mean? Like, again, I am big on supplements, but it's to supplement a healthy diet. Right. So it's like, it's just crazy. If you fix the gut, you can, if you're having an amino acid deficiency, just you guys know. So again, amino acids are just protein broken up to 20 amino acids. You know, you have essential and non-essential and if we don't have those, they're not, we don't have the building blocks to make stuff. Like your eyelashes, your eyes, your, your hair, your skin is all made out of protein, amino acids, right? So like, you're going to start having issues. Like when you're losing hair, you're probably not absorbing amino acids. You're probably having amino acid deficiencies, right? So I had like a first client, she's like, should I take biotin? Cause my hair is thinning. I'm like, no, you're not absorbing your food, you know? Like, so it's just like our pro, like the way we've been taught, you just have to know, like, just wash it all out. Like I don't, everything <laughs> I learned in college, like all my nutrition classes, nope they were wrong, like all wrong. Like I can just tell you, you may have to just like break away with your old belief systems and like break up with them and like introduce the right ones because science is changing, but our books are old, right? So if you're going to college and you're taking nutrition or biology, it's old. Like we have new science that's better. So it's like, get with the new science, you know? Um, That's why I love conferences. Like I said, like these conferences that are held because they're new scientists presenting their research that is like done last year, two years ago, five years ago, because you got to see the books are very old. So, yep. but anyway, yeah, they are. So it's like, okay. So when you're having, like I said, issues in your intestines and you're not absorbing amino acids. So amino acids are what the building blocks are for neurotransmitters. So dopamine, serotonin, GABA, all these things that make us feel certain way. They're also called neuromodulators because they modulate your nervous system. Um, they're made by amino acids. So it's like, if I don't, if I'm missing that, if I'm missing tyrosine, 
that converts to L-DOPA, which converts to dopamine. And if I have low dopamine, guess what I'm going to feel? Depressed. And if I have low serotonin, guess what I'm going to feel? Like anxious. You know what I mean? So it's like, we got to start tying these better because we're just giving people drugs and we're like, I don't know why you don't feel good. And you're like, I know, like, you know, it's just like, just problem solve, like understand how the body works and give the body what it needs. Like, it's not that hard. It's not, I know it sounds complex. Go ahead. Yeah. But again, what you're talking about, even if you are eating the best diet for your body, the absolute best diet for your diet, for your body, it doesn't mean, like you said, that you're absorbing those nutrients. So you can be vitamin B12 deficient and be a full-blown carnivore for five years. Right. And I think a lot of people don't fully understand that, that we are what we absorb. Yes. I'm not saying just eat a crap diet if you're not absorbing something and you might as well. No, but it's not always just fixed by eating the right diet because there are other things that you have to work on too before, you know, like stomach acid, for instance. And I definitely want you to talk more on that, the stomach acid, like where it needs to be, compare it to, you know, um, like a vegetarian animals or, you know what I mean? You yeah. know where I'm going with yeah. that, right? Yeah, to yeah, kind yeah. of yeah. get an idea of how important our stomach acid being at the correct level is. Right. Right. So yeah, like to, to go back to stomach acid, like I said, stomach acid, not only is going to kill pathogens, viruses, it actually breaks down the food and it also sends signals to different organs on what to do. So one thing people don't know is if your stomach acid is not at the right level, a lot of times you don't have the signal to have a gastric emptying into the small intestine and you don't get a signal to actually, uh, so the liver and the gallbladder both shoot bile into the small intestine and it does two things. Well, it does a little bit more than two things, the two main things. It, it um, bile digests fats. So if you don't have bile, you'll have a hard time digesting fats and that will u- usually manifest with diarrhea. So people that have had, I have had clients that have had their gallbladder removed and they never told them to take bile, like ox bile salts. And they just had constant diarrhea for years. Like, I'm like, wait, what? Like you didn't even tell them that they need bile still. So I hear that a lot, right? It's like your liver does produce Mm -hmm. a small amount of bile, but usually not enough. And if you have no gallbladder, it's definitely going to affect that. So um, as soon as I put people like on ox bile salts, they like don't have diarrhea anymore and they feel like a bajillion times better and they're not tired. And I'm like, oh, easy. Like, so that's one thing you got to understand. Again, it's kind of a, a misconception in the Western medicine because we just like take out gallbladders all the time. And I like don't uh, know why. It's yeah. like, oh, you have gallstones, which you can get rid of gallstones mm-hmm. and they just take out the gallbladder. And then people start having mm-hmm. all these other issues. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing you have to understand about bile is that bile is actually antimicrobial. So bile is usually squirted into the small intestine to coat the small intestine as soon as you get a signal from the gut. Um, so as soon as there's, as, so soon as there's gut um, or food into the stomach and it's digesting it with stomach acid, right? It's going to give a signal that, hey, like the food's going to come through to the small intestine soon, okay? Like they're all talking to each other. And they're like, so then the liver helps produce bile to coat the small intestine because it's antimicrobial because you don't want a lot of bacteria in your small intestine. Again, you do not want a lot of those bacteria in your small intestine. You want a lot in your large intestine. You want a lot in your mouth. You want a lot other places, but I'm just going to tell you, like you purposely do not have a lot of bacteria in your small intestine for reasons, right? So you have to look, SIBO is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. So you have an overgrowth in your small intestine of bacteria and it's not supposed to be there in the first place. So I see a lot of people approach SIBO with like, how do we kill it? And it's like, okay, that's one part, but also why is it there? Like what's dysfunctioning, why it's there, right? Like it, again, this is like new information. And when I first learned about SIBO, I had that mindset, like, okay, kill the SIBO, you know, like, how do I do that? But I didn't look at like, okay, what's the pathology of like, why it's even there. I luckily met a microbiologist who owns a company called uh, microbiome labs. And he actually was the one that educated me on this. And I was so grateful. Cause I was like, wow, you are right. And I did not understand this whole cycle, but he's like, yeah, if you have a melt, if your liver's not functioning properly or your gallbladder and you're not producing that bile to um, send into that's antimicrobial. So there is more of a chance that you develop bacteria overgrowth in there. <laughs> and then there's even another chemical that after you've eaten comes and sweeps up the small intestine of any left microbes. And that is also affected if your liver is malfunctioning or just overburdened um, and your gallbladder. So people that have gallbladder outs, way more likely to get SIBO, way more likely to wow. get SIBO. People I didn't that realize have, that. I know. It makes sense though. It makes a yeah. lot of sense, right? Um, yeah. Also people that have fatty liver, um, way more likely to get SIBO, right? Mm. So, 
So fatty liver, um, it used or, or cirrhosis, or you know what's funny mm-hmm. is fatty liver used to be considered just by like alcoholics, like right. oh people drink too much, they get fatty liver. Mm-hmm. People are getting non-alcoholic fatty liver disease all the time now. Mm-hmm. So just so you know, like where our livers are filters, that's like part of what they do. They do a lot of things. But if our liver is overburdened with all the crap you're eating all the time, it's gonna, you're gonna get fatty liver. Like, you know what I mean? If you're, if you think about the amount of toxins we're exposed to every day, just in the air and then the beauty products we use that have a lot of harmful chemicals in them, your liver has to, has to process all of those. So if it's processing too much, you have too much like toxic overload, it's gonna get overburdened, it's gonna affect it, and it's usually gonna contribute to maybe some digestive issues. So they're all related. That's like, well, at least what I want to confirm to people, um, as far as going into SIBO real quick is SIBO. It's funny that people say it's not real. Cause I'm like, um, hello. Like this is, it's like documented, well-documented. This is not like woo woo. This is science. Like this is actual science. Like, like it's just funny when I hear that. Cause I'm like, you don't even understand microbiology. This is people's life work. You know what I mean? They understand this very well. Um, so if you don't like if you don't believe it, like literally start reading some microbiology books, dude. Like, I don't like, it's just, it's just science, you know? It's like an um, excuse. It's like, yeah. they, they look at it like, oh, everybody says they have SIBO. So, you know, but, but you probably know a lot of people, a do. lot of people do. So really quick, if you guys have heard of Dr. Michael Ruggio, he has the book that's called healthy gut, healthy you. He's amazing. Um, he actually says that IBS, which is, if you guys know, irritable bowel syndrome, they diagnose like everyone with that. They diagnosed mm-hmm. me with that. And I said, okay, irritable bowel syndrome. I said, so what's making my bowels irritable? And they're like, we don't know. And I'm like, yeah. okay, so you just give people this diagnosis just to tell them you don't know what's wrong with them. Like, like what is IBS? Mm. Like literally, could someone give me a clear explanation? And if you really, like I said, if you talk to like microbiologists and stuff, they're like, most IBS is undiagnosed SIBO or candida. Mm. All the symptoms of IBS is usually undiagnosed SIBO and candida or I didn't know that those yes it's like a high percentage um IBD which is irritable bowel disease is a little bit different that's more you get into like Crohn's and um diverticulitis and colitis and stuff like that it's a little different and I can go into that if we have time but you have to know the IBS this like irritable bowel syndrome so your bowels are your intestines your small intestine your large intestine right so it's like okay why are they irritable is it SIBO? Is it candida? Is it leaky gut? Like, it's gotta be a reason. They don't just like randomly like get mad. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I hear that, I'm like, they're irritable. Why? Cause they're like moody. Like, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> they didn't have their coffee, you know, they haven't had their coffee yet. Yeah. They're like, it's that time of month, you know, I'm just kidding, I don't know. but it's like, um, so yeah, like people that are saying SIBO doesn't exist. Yeah. It's irritable bowel syndrome. Most of the time it's IBS. It's, it's all the other diagnosis we give people that are not correct. You know, Oh, it's IBD, it's IBS, it's ulcers. Oh, it's this, you know, it's, 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 it's acid reflex. Like they have these common go-tos that they usually have medication for to sell you that doesn't work. So it's like, start realizing this stuff, you know? So the difference, I guess you have to know with SIBO. So with SIBO, you see a lot of bloating. So if I have clients that they're like, I eat and I feel like I'm pregnant after, that's usually a very good indicator that you have SIBO, right? Hmm. So what happens is the small intestinal bacteria, it's this little microbiome, they're tiny in there, they overgrow. Um, they, they are going to eat your food. I know it sounds weird, but they eat your food and then they have a waste product too. Like they poop out and they're fermenting your, your food and especially gets mm-hmm. worse with carbohydrates because they love to ferment carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. And then they release a gas and that gas gives you bloating, you know? So there's a reason you're getting bloating. And one thing like, I honestly can't stand is like, I know we found each other on Instagram or TikTok, but like on Instagram and TikTok, I see all these girls that are like, bloating is normal. Bloating is normal. Accept it. And I'm Mm. like, no, it's not Mm. like, it's not Mm. normal. Like, when did we, when did we normalize this? And I, and the thing is, is I think it's coming from a place of like, accept your body as it is, which I love that but like, don't normalize something that's hurting you. Like you're getting bloated every day. That's not normal. That's hurting you. That's inflammation, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, so I did a post about it and luckily I didn't get, like, I thought I'd get some haters that are like, eh, you know, luckily I didn't. I think I got maybe like one or two or something, but that they said, I just said, bloating is not normal. Like don't normalize this Mm -hmm. shit. Like it's not, it's okay to say I embrace my body for not being perfect. That's okay. But to say that it's normal is not okay. Cause it's not, you know what I mean? Like you shouldn't get bloated all the time, you know? And just like you, cause you went carnivore. I love, Mm -hmm. I'll bring that up real quick. A lot of people that have gut issues do not handle fiber. Well, if you have SIBO, you will not handle fiber. Well, the reason Mm -hmm. is you have an overgrowth of bacteria already and they eat fiber. 
So fiber can be highly mm. beneficial if you have a healthy gut. It's not beneficial if you have SIBO because you have to get rid of the SIBO before you have fiber. Every time you eat that fibrous meal, you're going to get highly bloated. You know what I mean? That's why people benefit from the carnivore diet. If you have SIBO, it's because you're getting rid. They, it's hard. For, they're not usually going to eat meat or ferment meat. They ferment car, uh, carbs and, and fiber. You know what I mean? So when you're getting bloated after every meal, it's a pretty good indicator that you have SIBO. Also mm. like extreme fatigue. So you get really fatigued all the time. Uh, skin issues can manifest that manifest a little bit more with candida. And I'll go into that but skin issues can happen with uh, SIBO as well. Like you can have, start having acne. Mm. You can start having um, like little red bumps on your arms. I see that a lot with people. I used to have that too growing up. Mm-hmm. I had acne. I had the red bumps. That's a sign of either SIBO or candida because you got to think your skin is an organ. It's, it detoxes through your skin. That's why we sweat through our skin. That's why we have pores. That's why we absorb stuff through our skin. It's an organ. It's the biggest organ we have. And so it's so funny when they say like, Oh, so you're depressed. So we'll put you on an anti, you know, depressant. Oh, you have skin issues. So we'll send you a, to a dermatologist. And I'm like, this is all the same problem. Like, why are we outsourcing to five different doctors for the same problem that it is? It's a gut issue. You know what I mean? Cause that's what happened to me. They took me to the dermatologist said I had all the skin issues and they like tried to put me on Accutane, which like, don't get on Accutane. Oh my gosh. Like, it's just like, it's just a mess. In my opinion, this whole system that we deal with gut issues agree. is such a mess. You know? I agree. Oh my God. Well, you it's know, just... for, for, for me, what my issue was ever since I, I, I remember being three years old and having chronic constipation. So I struggled because I, I, I wanted vegetables all the time, you know, papaya, spinach, right. For mm. breakfast, instead of other stuff, I would eat a can of spinach. So I, I did this for most of my life, but I, I can remember, you know, like eight years old, I had to go in for testing because my gut was so messed up and I, I would have constipation mm. so bad. I would strain, I would bust the vessels under my eyes and this oh, continued yeah. through my life. And I just accepted it as normal, right? Normal. That's just what happens, right? Yep. Occasionally. Right. And yep. then I, yep. I went keto and it greatly improved. However, I was still getting, you know, the bloating, the gas, the constipation, but not near as much. Then when I went to carnivore, poof, within a week, it was gone, done. Yep. Yep. That happens. Yep. And you get why, right? So it's like, you definitely, to Mm -hmm. me, that's an indicator. Like you had SIBO, right? You had SIBO. I wouldn't doubt it. Constipated. You got bloated all the time. As soon as you went carnivore and you cut off their food source, which is carbohydrates, and fiber, you know, you cut off their suit source. You actually give time to clear it out. When you clear it out, you don't get bloating anymore. Like, ha ha. Like it's just like, I, I actually had somebody yesterday. I think it was yesterday or the day before my days are blurring together, but they actually said, um, if you have gut issues, the last thing you need to do is eat meat. Well, no, that's what that's a, I'm like, give me the science. Me. Yeah. That's that it were and I deal with clients all the time and I did the success stories for uh Rivero Health, which is carnivore, right? And yeah, I hear yeah. I hear it daily of the improvements. So I'm like, Yeah, I, I'm not really sure where you're going with that because when I ate right. plants, it killed me. It killed me. Yeah. And then the yeah. stomach acid, another thing too. I I've you know, I this is coming more to light now, I I, I believe. Yeah. I, w- I was on a PPI for eight years every day. Oof. scary right and Are i was scared that, Prilosec, yes nexium yeah okay nexium yeah. yeah every day for eight years yikes and yeah. when i went keto you know i had heard that that kind of helps uh to with that stomach to acid. get and so i was i at that time i hadn't heard about the whole stomach acid thing and then i started hearing that you may actually have a problem with too little acid and i was like get the heck out there is no way because i am literally gagging on acid in my mouth like literally gagging on acid. And I was like, there is no way that is, that's acid. That's not less acid. And I was like, you know what? I'm desperate. I don't care. So I started doing the apple cider vinegar thing. Uh, that, I was that, that's that. what yes. I knew yes. that that's, that's what I knew. So I started yes. doing that and it started going away and I yep. started transitioning off my medication, you know, like taking half of one and then every other day, then every three days until I felt secure enough to totally get rid of it. And I was like, oh, and I have yet to have it again. It's been Isn't over it five years. And you over fixed five it years. with apple cider vinegar. That's like $5 for a bottle. You know what yep. I mean? Like I know. they don't want you to know this stuff. It's about no. money. No. You know what I mean? It's you cured it with apple cider vinegar. It's just like, I, it's so, I love that you mentioned that because that's what I tell mm-hmm. everyone that's, that's having acid reflux. I'm like, start doing apple cider vinegar with your meals. It always works. It's like, you're not the only story. It always works. I swear. Yeah. I, I hear like, it time and time. Yeah. The and that's my don't recommendation. Know about that LES. Yeah. It's a great, cause 
because that LES is so important. If that LES doesn't close, which is a sphincter at the mm -hmm. bottom of your esophagus, it's going to get acid back up. And guess what? Your body, your body knows that you need stomach acid. So when you're taking a PPI to lower it, it's like, oh, we got to get more. This is horrible. Like we need to digest her food. She's going to die. You know what I mean? Like you're getting all these signals because your body likes balance. It likes homeostasis. It likes to be balanced. So when you're giving someone to lower their stomach acid, I like don't even know who invented that. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is like, isn't that scary though? Yeah. But it makes you question. See, this is where I'm at because I have learned so much from my experience, from research, from the classes yeah. I take, reading books, whatever. I have learned so much and I've applied it to myself and I know, and I've talked to other people. I use it with my clients. So I know, and it, it makes it hard for me not to question everything now. Oh, I and, question and you know where I'm going with yep. that. I mean, I I'm sorry. I, I, I question do. everything because I don't trust these people because they no, have I don't either. lied to us. They make All continually money. our whole lives. I mean, I, I, it, it I love you. It's like me. you have, it does. It should make everyone mad. That's what I'm saying. But is it doesn't, like, they just take it. And they're just know, like, because you know I, what? It's easier. It's easier just to pop a pill and not have to take responsibility for right. fixing your own issues true, because that, true. that is hard work. I mean, yeah. even if it's something simple, like taking apple cider vinegar, you know, having to think about it and do it and switch up your diet and all that. It's just easier to take a pill, isn't it? Right. But it's funny because, yeah, I would say it is easier, but then also it's not because then you're like right. miserable. So yes. it's like, okay, you can make a small change. that's going to take some effort in the beginning and then it will become habitual or you can stay miserable for the rest of your life. It's like, which one do you want to do? You know what I, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I didn't want to stay miserable. Like, I don't know who's okay with being complacent with just having all these issues all the time. It's miserable. And they're fixable. You know what I mean? It's like- <sighs> I love you. I, could, I couldn't lay back. If I laid back, even reclined slightly You'd acid, I am not even kidding you. Pure acid in my mouth. Yeah. It was awful. It was awful. Yeah. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Even no, a few no. people I really don't care about, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I wouldn't wish I know, that even on to anybody. The other, you know, what's funny is I always wonder that. Cause like, I got so mad at like the, the authorities, I guess you'd say, like I said, the people that obviously created these medical systems, created the medical books, which is the pharmaceutical industry, by the way, yes. if you didn't know, Thank the you. pharmaceutical ind industry literally creates the books for medical school. So I have doctors, I have a lot of doctor friends. I'm just telling you, and they will tell me they're like, Jenny, we get one day of nutrition education, one day, one to day, plenty of 12 yep. years, one yep. day. And I'm yep. like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, so what do you get taught about for 12 years? Drugs. Yeah. drugs yeah. Yeah. and it's so funny because i hear but, people like oh oh he's a drug dealer i'm like you're going to a drug dealer every day like it's the hello same thing. you know what but, I mean? but you better stay in your lane yeah you better stay in your lane even yeah. though you spent years and years with experience and studying it instead of one week you stay in your lane i, know. I, I get that a lot too and i'm like okay. you're like this right. is my lane it's like when people say i that, feel like, good i am in my lane I'm in the lane towards sure. helping people wake up that they've been lied you. to their whole lives. That's the lane I'm in. Which one are you in? Like, that's hard to take. I think that's really yeah. hard to take. And, and I think we're experiencing that right now. It's very yeah. difficult to accept that you've been fooled. Yeah, you know? no, it is. Cause we think we're intelligent and we are intelligent. So when you start to get those gut feelings yeah. that it's like, uh, something doesn't feel right here. Listen to it. You're usually yeah. right, dude. Like I started to get that when I was 14. I was like, this system right? doesn't feel right. I was 14. I didn't even know anything, but it still didn't feel right to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. listen to that, like follow that, like question, start questioning, 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 que you can never, I'd always teach people the question. I'm like, start questioning yes. the legal yes. system, start yes. questioning yes. the government, start questioning yes. all of it. Because like, do you think you, they have your best interest in mind? No. Like, no, do you think no. so? They're no. benefit. Do you no. know how much money, do you know how many lobbyists pharmaceutical industry has? towards the government more, more than, than any, any other. other industry uh -huh. by like tenfold. Like, it's oh, just yeah. like, once you look at the systems, you almost are like, okay, I see. I wasn't actually that stupid. I was just being betrayed and lied to the whole life, you know? And it's like, but once, once your you eyes finally, are opened, yeah, you see you know? it. Yeah. It's hard for me to close them now. And I see, you oh, know, I can. Yeah. maybe it's not, but I can't help but see or wonder or question, but I've always been a questioner. I've always been that kind of person, but too. yet yeah. I still fell for it. I still went along with it because I didn't trust what yeah. I now realize I knew. 
or thought yeah. I knew, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and yeah. it's like, I still tamped it down because what do I know? What do I know? I'm just nobody. Yeah. I, I'm not a doctor. What do I know? I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a pharmacist. I'm not, you know, whatever. Right. And so right. you do kind of go, eh. but now psh, I don't even care. I question I know. everything. And it's I funny. do not care. Yeah, no, it's funny that you say like, oh, who am I? Because I'm not a doctor. I just have to tell you guys, like I have schooled doctors all the time and not like, I don't do it. I'm not saying it to be cocky or like, I don't do it in a condescending way, but like I'll sit on plane. Like I sat on a plane by a doctor the other day. Like this was like a couple of years ago. I sat on a plane next to a doctor and we got in conversation. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, what do you do? You know, I found out he was a doctor. Ends up telling me that he has cholesterol issues and high triglycerides. And I'm like, okay, well, do you know how to fix that? And he's like, well, I'm going to get on statins and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do you want me to like enlighten you a little bit, you know? And so I started talking to him about all this stuff. And literally by the end of our plane ride, I think this was like going from East coast to the West coast. It was like five hours, you know, we're talking the whole time and he's like writing shit down. And he's like, which book, what podcast did you say? You know? And I'm like, and by the wow. end of it, he, was, he literally, I guarantee I saved that man's fucking life because it's like, he was about to get on statins, which are so bad for your liver Ooh. and literally shorten your lifespan. There's well-documented research. They shorten your lifespan. And I was able to talk to this doctor about like the real things behind cholesterol and triglycerides and inflammation and like get him on the right track. Like I, it's funny cause we didn't keep in touch or anything, but he like wrote down everything I said. And I'm like, that is like, guys, that's, he went to medical, he went to drug school for 12 years. He doesn't know, you know what I mean? Right. And I, right. and I, like I said, now I have a lot of doctor friends. I have MD friends. I have PhD friends. Like I've been in this community long enough to have found other passionate people. Mm-hmm. And luckily I have the friends that care about nutrition and they go to these conferences and they say, like, I actually want to help patients. Like I want to right. help them. I right. understand that the system's broken and I went to medical school and I'm all in that debt, but I actually still want to help people. I don't want to just give them medicine. Like I wouldn't even call it medicine. It's drugs. It doesn't really fix the problem. You know, it's like, it's like, I you love know, it's doctors about, like that. I know me too. I have so much respect and it's funny. Me too. Um, me and my other friend, like uh, she's also a coach in the industry. We were talking about that though. Cause they literally call it system management or symptom management. Did you know mm-hmm. that they yeah. literally like, they say, what is your symptom? Here's a pill to fix it. They never go to like, what is the root cause of nope. why you're having the symptom? So you're pill. having acid reflux. Pill. They're pill. like PPI. It's like, mm-hmm. why are you having acid reflux? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so, you have, so we said, it's almost like, you know, if your car light goes on, like your check engine light goes on and you just like put a sticker over it and you're like, right? okay, <laughs> I'm good to go. Like, that's a drive. good analogy. That's a good I know. one. We were laughing because we were like, that really like is what the medical community is yeah. doing. It's like, your check yeah. engine light goes on. They're like sticker. And then like your other like, battery goes <laughs> Don't on. Don't see sticker. it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm it's like, true. that's what we're doing. Yeah. literally like I have, like, again, I have like, doctor friends. They say it's, it's symptom management. Yeah. That's all it is. They Absolutely. don't care about you getting well. They don't care yeah. about like longevity of your life, quality of your life. It's just symptom management. And, and that, I'm not about that's, that. I'm not about yeah, it. Like, you know, and, and you always hear, well, oh, people are living longer, all this kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I don't. Okay. That's fine. Great. Yay for living longer. But is it quality of life? I would rather right. live shorter and have a quality of life yes. than, you know, take drugs to keep ooching you along a, a little bit longer, a little bit longer, a little bit longer. Yeah. But yeah. personally, I still think that the healthier person is going to still live. Oh, hundred percent. You know what you I know, mean? Interesting. Like, yeah. And interesting that you just said that because actually, I don't know if you've seen this, but it, so we did increase quality. We did increase longevity, like age uh, that you would die. We actually just started going the other way. So yeah, we actually are, uh, yes, I've heard we're diminishing yeah. now. So I can't right. remember what the age was, but whatever, again, I got to look this up. So I don't like to like shout out random facts. I don't know, but it was a certain age. And actually like, I think it was last year or 2020, it actually started to decline the other way. Wow. So like, even though we have more technology, more medical advances, mm-hmm. we're actually going the other way now. And not only are we going the other way, but like you said, quality of life for a lot of yeah. people once they like hit 60 and they have diabetes and high blood right. pressure and heart disease and then cancer, yeah. like what are your last 10 years of life? Yeah. Shitty? Uh, like, I'm not interested. Not interested. I'm not interested in that either. I'm like you, I'm like, if I could have mm-hmm. an amazing life till I was 55 and die, yeah. I would rather have that than have. Okay. I'm 55. So, okay. We won't say that. Then, no. <laughs> okay. Let's go 75. That's the new 50. Okay. 75. So we'll you know what I mean? But you know what I'm saying? It's like, if yeah, I could I have do. a great quality of life yes. and die younger, like you just said, or, or have the last 10 years of life be hooked to like, you know, insulin and and dialysis and all that. Like, I don't want that. I don't want that at all. No, I've seen it. I've seen it too much. And it's, it's awful. I I, no, I I don't want to live like that. And then not only that, because like you said, all these other issues, and then inevitably it's going to have something to do with your gut too. Right. Right. Yes. Then then you have the mental 
And, and yeah. you start losing that. And like, you know what they're saying about Alzheimer's, right? Type three uh, diabetes. Right. Yes. And, and guess how often of the brain. Yeah. I know. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's all these things. And I, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested. Me I either. Wanna, I don't want to take girl. medication. Now I understand there are, you know, sometimes medication is a great thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, not saying, saying it's just bad. across no. the board is bad. No, there is certain circumstances. Absolutely. hundred percent life-saving. Absolutely. But so much of it, it's like, no, no, I refuse yeah. not taking it. Not going to do it. Yeah. No, no, yeah. not unless I absolutely hundred percent know I have to, you know, right. if there's yes. any way around it, if I can fix it in any way, improve it, whatever, I'm going to do that. I'm going to yes. do that first. And that's what we should be doing is yes. taking care of the lifestyle and diet first. And then, you know, seeing from there, I mean, within reason, there's always exceptions, but right. you know, why do we jump straight into the most extreme thing? Right. It's yeah. like, Removing the gallbladder, doing this, doing, you know, I immediately know. here, go on a statin. I mean, when they haven't even talked about, oh, let's, let's look at your diet. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's see what we're going. And really is the cholesterol really that bad? Or is it, do you just have really high HDL and low tricks and, but your LDL is a little bit high. Do you really yeah. need it? But there's no other yeah. issues. There's no nope, diabetes. Nope. There's no, nope. you know, your, your yeah. CAC score is zero, but you're going to put me on a statin because I have high HDL. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So no, you, they you don't know, get it. No. And, there's and that's a where you just like, but see, and, and, but because these are the standards, they use that for like, you know, life insurance and what yeah. if they go to this healthcare, you know, credit thing, you know, you hear these things and it's like, I used to say, oh, that'll never happen. But I don't say that anymore. I don't say that anymore because I don't know what's going to happen in just a year, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so if that is used as a standard, how scary. I know. I know. Trust me. Yeah. And just like even BMI, I mean, looking at BMI, like there are people who are rejected from going into the Marines. They are buff, muscles everywhere, not any fat on their body, super fit, but they have to get special exceptions to be let in because their BMI doesn't fit. Which is so dumb. I know you're like, is that dumb? Body, body composition? Like how much oh, muscle they have? You wouldn't I know, believe so it. I, I'm just I like, never oh use God. BMI. I think it's the most yeah. stupid thing. Yeah. And I know real quick, I was like, I know we're almost out on time. So I do kind of want to go into um, a little bit of candida and, and leaky gut before yes, we please. end. Yes. So I know I explained SIBO. Like I said, if I know we could talk for like three hours. I feel like, honestly, <laughs> I like would be totally cool with that. If we didn't have other stuff going on today, but, um, you know, if you guys do have more questions about SIBO and stuff, you could definitely reach out to me and I can give her my contact info and stuff too, but I'll have it below. Um, no worries. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. But, um, so really quick. So SIBO is obviously small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. Candida is different in the fact that it's a yeast overgrowth. It's a fungal overgrowth, right? So the thing that you've got to realize about candida, and I think this is where you get some pushback from people like whatever, not believing in it, all this stuff is that you have, everyone has candida in their body, everyone. Okay. It's not a bad thing. If there's not an overgrowth, Mm, it's not mm. a bad thing. If there's not an overgrowth of it. Okay. It has a place. You got to realize our gut is an ecosystem right? It's an ecosystem. So what if I took an ecosystem and said, okay, there's predators, there's prey. I'm going to introduce all the wolves, like mm. a million wolves. Guess what mm. happened to the ecosystem? Demolished, right? You'd ruin right. the ecosystem, right? If I introduce all the wolves, it's going to kill all the prey. It's going to hurt what they're eating. It's going to ruin the ecosystem. People get that, right? You don't get that when you have a candida overgrowth, it is going to ruin your ecosystem as well, because it is, it becomes kind of like a parasitic relationship where candida eat sugar. They love sugar. They eat glucose. That is what they eat. So when you say that carnivore helps with candida, it surely does because you get rid of what they're eating sugar. So all carbohydrates break down to pretty much glucose, you know, Mm -hmm. or you have fructose, right? That's what they eat. So I tell someone, I'm like, if you want to get rid of candida, what's the first thing you need to do? Get rid of what they're eating sugar. You know what I mean? And like I said, I even recommend people take out fiber most of the time for candida. It's like candida. It's a little different. You can have some form of fiber. It's kind of more complex. SIBO, I would say no candida. I would say some, it's just like, again, it's, it's not a short answer, but, um, (laughs) but carnivore can be so beneficial for SIBO and candida because you get rid of what they're eating. And then you stop having the bloating because they're not eating food. They're actually not emitting gases as their byproduct, they're pooping out, right? So they're not fermenting food that's causing the gas and the bloating and the gas and the methane gas that's coming out and stuff like that. So you get rid of the bloating, you get rid of the gas, and then there's other things you need to do to change the actual environment. 
So things that, again, people don't understand with candida is they think you can just go in and kill it. There is herbs that are effective at killing it, like oregano, and there's some other like uh, anti-fungal herbs that do work. But guess what? They don't work if you don't change the environment. They'll come right back. I've had, so I had one client, um, he got tested. So you can test candida through blood. So if people don't believe in it, um, you do a blood test. It's called candida albicans antibody test. You can test and you can see if your levels are high. If your body is fighting an overgrowth, you're going to have high levels of antibodies. So it's called candida albicans antibody test. It's a blood test you could do. Um, it's very effective. You can also, there's like a stool test. I think you can do too, but the blood test seems to be easy. So it's like, I had a client that found me on TikTok. He had a candida overgrowth, got di- you know, actually did a blood test. They saw it and they gave him a prescription drug called Diflucan. Well, guess what? It killed some off. He felt better. And then till he didn't, he felt worse. Mm-hmm. And it's because he didn't change the environment. They didn't give him any explanation about how to change the environment because mm-hmm. you have to lower inflammation in the gut. You have to lower inflammation and you have to lower inflammation. You have to rebalance the microbiome. You have to create more balance back. You have to have intestinal motility, like I said. Um, so it, really quick with intestinal motility, this is a client, this is an analogy I give my clients. that's really effective. Think about a stagnant pond, right? Like you, we've all been around it where it smells mm-hmm. a stagnant pond attracts a bacteria and you smell it. It's like, Oh, mm-hmm. but have you, but when you go by a river, it's running water, there's mm-hmm. no bacteria. So it's fresh. Mm-hmm. You can like drink it. Most of the time it smells good. It feels good. Right. So that's the same thing. If I have stagnant, I'm going to attract bad bacteria right? If I have moving, I don't. So that's the whole point of why you need good intestinal motility or intestines need to be moving because you're attracting bad bacteria and fungal overgrowth by not having moving intestines, just like a water that's stagnant would be attracting bacteria the same way. So when I say that people are like, Oh, okay. Like I get it. And I'm like, yeah, like that's how your intestinal system works. Like, I don't know. I like that. Get this great right? analogy. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I, I just thought it, I, I think I was walking and I thought of it. I was like, uh, interesting. Like that does smell. Mm-hmm. Like it. And then yeah. anyway, it just makes sense. It's like that, that's exactly how the intestines work, you know? So yeah, candida, it's like, not only do you need to lower inflammation, take out what they eat, which is sugar and carbs. Um, you also have to change the environment. Cause like, just like my client, he got rid of them. And then they came back with a vengeance. Cause he had the same environment that he had before he took the pill. So it's like, you can't just think you're just going to kill them. People like right. on my TikToks, I love it. Cause they're like, well, how do you kill them? What, what one thing kills them? Yes. <laughs> It's not one thing. I know you got used to this system that you like get a pill, but it really doesn't fix anything. And I hope you know that by now, you know, it's like, it's like, you got to change that your light. Like, so now that client, so just, you know, he dropped 40 pounds. He has his, all his inflammation in his face dropped. His acne went away. He had back, like, uh, he had like bumps all over his back, kind of like breakout all went away. He has not had any candida since. And, and we, we actually stopped working together. Cause I was like, dude, you graduated. Like you're good to go. <laughs> you know, like I could keep working with you, but like, you got this, you know, but why? <laughs> and yeah, seriously. And we still kind of keep in touch to let me know, but like, he's not gained any of the weight back. Wow. He has not had any symptoms. He had severe brain fog, like severe it's gone. He has mental clarity. He's not taking naps anymore. He's sleeping good. Like mm. you just got to realize if you change the environment, it's worth it, dude. It's so worth it. Ask him. His lifestyle is amazing now. His lifestyle sucked before. You know what I mean? Like, did he put in six months of hard work? Yeah, he did. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, like we put in six months of hard work and he was carnivore for a while. We got him on the right supplement protocol. We got him on the right diet. Like you just have to realize like, yeah, you do have to change the environment. The microbiome are totally dependent on what environment they're in and you can change it. It's the coolest thing ever. Like you can change your microbiome, like things that are making you sick, the yes. <laughs> that are making you sick. Like, that's what I want to instill in people is like, you can change it. And it's not super hard. I'm like, honestly, not going to lie. It's really not like crazy difficult. It just takes a little bit of like thought process tools, like, you know what I mean? Like intention, like doing things, habit changes, patience. patience. Yeah. And some patience. It's not going to happen overnight. Like what people don't know is usually when they have a candida overgrowth, that's been building for years. That didn't just happen. That's been building for years with your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, people can test people, kids can have overgrowth of candida now. Cause guess what they're eating all the time? Candy yeah. and soda, high fructose corn syrup is like the mm-hmm. worst thing ever if you don't want to have candida overgrowth because they feed on high fructose corn syrup like a little and then they multiply and then guess what they do they urge you to eat more sugar because they want Mm. to multiply they want to overgrow so it's like when people have severe sugar addictions i always know that they have candida it's like Mm. so clear to me that's when they have severe sugar addictions they have candida because those candida they literally send out messages for sugar 
right. and they can, yeah. they like almost hack your system. And people are like, no, I just have a sweet tooth. No, you have a candida overgrowth. Honey. Like you don't have a sweet tooth. Like, like my one friend, he said he had like the worst sugar cravings. Also, they happen more at night, just so you know, because candida are most active mm. at night. They also affect your sleep because of that, because they're active at night. So you don't sleep well. Um, but I had one friend that was like, I can like go pretty well throughout the day, but then like night hits and I just like eat all the candy and like soda. And I just like need all the sugar. I have such a big craving. So I finally got him on a candida cleanse. Also, you crave a lot of alcohol too. They love alcohol. You know, they thrive in that little environment. Guess what alcohol Ooh. is? Yeast. Right. So, especially beer and stuff like that, you know? So yeah. like, yeah, you, you do have to cut out alcohol for a little while. I'm not gonna lie. You'll figure it out. I promise, you know, but like <laughs> as soon as he got rid of that, like as soon as we did this, can we haven't even gotten through the cleanse yet. I think he's on like the first month of it. And he's like no sugar cravings. He went to a party. He's loved alcohol. All everyone was drinking. Didn't even want to drink. Like it, Good. it changes your, your cravings guys. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. You, you think you don't have any willpower over this. Like, oh, I just have these crazy cravings. No, you have a candida overgrowth and they hijack your system. Like I could say it over and over again. I've seen it. Like if people want to like, tell me this stuff doesn't exist. I'm like, sorry, you cannot convince me ever. It doesn't exist. Cause I've seen it with so many people and I see how it changes their life after they get rid of it. They don't crave sugar anymore. Like I don't need sugar anymore. Like I just doesn't even, if I need something sweet, there's like keto brownies out now and keto chocolate. You know what I mean? I still like chocolate, but like, <laughs> I would never want to eat like a gummy or like soda. Like that doesn't right. even appeal to me at all. Like zero, you know, Ditto. but it used to, it used yeah. to, right. I, like, I get it. I do. Yeah. You get it. It's like when you have, like, when you haven't switched your system to like be able to fat adapt and you haven't, you know, like changed your palate a little bit that like, we're so used to, used to eating processed carbs and sugar. Oh Yeah hyper palatable like, food. Everything yeah, else tastes weird. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Now me, like, I can detect things like bam. bam. Oh, mm, that's yeah. got, you, know, you know, it's like, I'm hyper you can just eat yeah. like an egg and it's like so good. You're like, Oh yeah. my gosh, this egg with salt on it is like epic. And like <laughs> avocado, you know, like I just like foods like that now because I'm like, they feel like normal to me and my right. taste buds have changed. Right. right. When I eat like a right. Dorito, I'm like, Ugh. like that's just yeah. like so yeah. highly processed crap, you know, anyway, fake. So it just, it's fake. No, I get, you i get you well jenny it's about time and i want to thank you so much for coming on thank you i've yes. learned some stuff so thank Good. you that, that you I, I loved welcome. it it is uh, fun I, I need to have you back on and get more yeah i would love to on a i know like specific thing we'll see yeah. what feedback we get and i'll have you back on to discuss the one big topic but yes i, love it. I would love and, that and yeah. while we're here hey subscribe to my channel, go follow Jenny. Yes. I will have all her stuff below. So don't worry. And if you need anything gut issue wise, go check her out because she's fabulous. Go check out our TikToks too. They're pretty good. <laughs> Thank you. You're wonderful too. And I like, I love meeting like-minded people. Cause I'm just like, man, we get it. And we're excited yes, and we're like changing. It. We're changing things, you know, like we're, we're questioning everything and that's the start of it. So I it's, love it. it's amazing. If, if yeah. I had cheerleader pom-poms, girl, let me tell you, when you're talking about the gut and how everything works, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many people oh. don't know. They don't know. So yeah. yeah, that was fantastic. Anyway, thank you so much. I'm I've so had glad. a blast and you me have too. a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks, you Jenny. Too. You too. Much Bye. love.